Hey y'all, welcome to Your Best Pet, Conversations with a Vet. My name is Dr. D, and I am here to educate you on the important topics you didn't know you needed to know. Communication is the key in any relationship, and I believe with my whole heart that if you are educated in a way that you can understand, that'll make you the best pet parent you can be. So let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. Happy Friday. It's me. I'm alive. Made it through the sickness. Uh, so thank you for bearing with me. I am still a little stuffy, but definitely much better than I was. So thank you for tuning in today. Happy Friday. Um, this Friday, I thought that we could go through um having a quality of life discussion. Now, quality of life is one of the things that is probably the hardest thing we have to go through. It's literally the hardest talk on the planet to have with anyone, let alone a perfect stranger. Um, and I probably do this discussion anywhere from once a week to daily, sometimes multiple times a day, depending on the day. Um, it's pretty terrible, I'm not going to lie. Uh, why do I still do this? I don't know, beats me. Uh, but here we are. Um, <laughs> I do this because I'm here for you and I'm here for your pet. And I thought that because it is something that is so challenging to understand, I thought maybe we could break it down together and talk about, you know, what I view as quality of life and, and what you might view as quality of life. And we can kind of walk through the different tactics that I tell my clients um, in hopes that maybe it'll help you too. Um, so um, quality of life, what is it? What does it mean? Um, quality of life literally means it's not the days that you have left, but the quality of those days. So how many good days are you having versus bad? Um, and we can all relate to this. We all have people in our life who have gotten older or sick or passed away um, that, um, you know, either we wish we had more time with them, well, we always wish we had more time with them, or we have a pet that we had to go through this with. Um, it's... The bottom line of this discussion is it's my job to advocate for your pet, whether it's for more time or for less time. Um, we always want more time. We always want to honor them and, and do the best for them. And some people want to hold on as long as humanly possible. And some people don't want to hold on at all. They just want to go ahead and, and call it. And it's my job to advocate for your pet. Whether, like I said, that's more time or less. Um, so how do we know when it's time? How do we know um, what, what it means for it to be time? The, the, the bottom line, the answer is, is that you don't. You don't know... When it's time, all you can do is make your best guess. Um, and all we can do is our best. And that looks different for everybody. The end looks different for every pet. 
Um, sometimes it's sudden and sometimes it's a nice, long, happy, healthy life all the way up until the end. And even though we want the latter for everyone, um, it depends on the kid and it depends on what you guys are going through and, and that looks different for everyone. Now I want to make a very important note um, here that um, quality of life is not convenience. Those are two completely different things. What we call this in veterinary medicine is something called convenient euthanasia or convenience euthanasia. And that's where you put an animal down because you want to, not because it's a necessity. Um, that to me is not something that's done um, much anymore. Uh, it depends on where you're at. It depends on the veterinarian as to whether or not they'll allow something like that. And it, it depends on the situation. Most of the time, if I have somebody who brings me something that I dub a convenience euthanasia, meaning it's a younger kiddo or a middle-aged kiddo that they just don't want anymore, or I, I know it sounds harsh, but it happens, um, or they have behavioral things that, that are occurring that make it not the best pet for that family, most of the time I'll recommend referring to a rescue group or a humane society um, where that animal can be rehomed um, and potentially get into a home that is more suitable for that pet's needs. Um, maybe that home is not the best home um, for you and your family, but maybe that pet, you know, would shine in a different household. Maybe with different other pets in the family or, um, you know, being a solo pet instead of being one of five or, you know, whatever the situation is. Um my favorite quote um, that I heard a long time ago, and I don't remember who told it to me, um, is that old age is not a disease. Um, and, and that also can be a convenience euthanasia. There are a number of people who say, oh, well, you know, my pet is 10, so it's old and it must be time to put it down. Well, not necessarily if they're still living a nice, happy, healthy life, you know, it may not be time for them yet. And that's okay. Um, it's my job, again, to advocate for your pet and say, you know, it, yeah, we're getting a little older, but um, we still seem to be living our best life. So there's really no need to put them down at this time. Now, again, that looks different for everybody. Convenient euthanasia. Um, is a very touchy subject in veterinary medicine and not everybody approaches it the same. So you want to make sure that you're being sensitive. Um, you know, we as veterinarians, we hear this all the time. So we try and um, reserve judgment and, you know, offer you different options um, as opposed to just putting your pet down. Now, the flip side of that is you have an older pet who has a list of diseases that are going on or potentially cancer or um, something that is end of life care and we're trying to, you know, go through, you know, what does quality of life mean and, you know, how do you know that it's time to, to put your pet down? My favorite method um, to go through with people is... Um, 
what I call a list method. The list method um, is where, um, you know, let's say you were to come into the office and you were to say, you know, Dr. D, listen, um, I want to talk about my pet's quality of life. The first thing I'm going to tell you to do is to make yourself a list, a list of like 10 things that makes your pet your pet. So what makes Fluffy Fluffy? Now, the list method is not perfect. I I know it's not the end-all be-all. And at the end of the day, you know, nothing is going to make it easier for you to make this call. Um, However, um, I find being a little more objective about it and, and looking at, you know, the overall picture helps me make a better determination of what's going on for a pet than just, you know, going with our emotions. So make yourself a list of 10 things minimum that makes your pet your pet, right? So um, Fluffy always brings the ball to you after dinner because that's her favorite time to play fetch. Uh, Fido waits for me by the door every time I get home. Well, great. That's something that makes your dog your dog or makes your pet your pet. If Fluffy does a little dance for you when she goes to get her food or, um, you know, your cat always likes to jump right in your lap as soon as you sit on the toilet, you know, whatever it is that makes your pet your pet, write it down. All of those things matter. Um, And when it comes to um, end of life, I want to make sure that you have concrete proof for yourself that your dog is no longer your dog or your cat is no longer being your cat or, or whatever species we're talking about. When they're not doing the majority of what makes them them, then their quality of life is diminished. And that tells me they're not themselves anymore. And if they're not themselves, then it's okay to let them go. Then it's okay to make that call. Um, it's a little bit of a more objective way to look at it. Um, you know, when they're not doing, you know, four through 10 and they're really only doing, you know, one, two, and three, then, you know, they're not really themselves anymore. They're not even able to get up and greet you at the door. Well, that's not okay. That's not them. Um, and that all matters. When it comes to quality of life, for me, it has to do with their whole life and not just what they're looking like right now. A lot of my clients find this makes it a lot easier. Um, It makes them more at peace with their decision rather than trying to make a emotional call when you already have so many emotions going on choosing to put your pet down is probably the hardest thing you'll ever have to do in your entire life, including birthing a baby. I know it's not exactly the same, but um, making that call to end a life, that's hard. That is right up there with one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And it's not made lightly. This is not a a decision that you're going to make on the fly. This is a decision that you've probably been sitting with for weeks before you even came into the clinic to see me. And a lot of the times 
that's all it takes for people to be like, oh, okay, it, it is time. Or, okay, well, that helps and I can be monitoring for these things moving forward. Um, that time period is going to look different for everyone. The period of time when we are observing a kiddo's quality of life, sometimes it's only for a couple of days, sometimes it's weeks or months, sometimes it's years. It depends on the kid. Um, at the end of the day, you have to know that this is the right call to make and it's got to be your call. This is not my pet. As much as I treat every single one of my patients like they were my own, they're not my kiddos. And I'm not at home with them staring at them every single day. I don't know, you know, what you're seeing at home as much as I try and put myself in your position and, and understand exactly what's happening. They're not my kiddo. And at the end of the day, they're your kiddo. And I can't make that call for you. You have to be the one to make that call. And as difficult as it is and, you know, as challenging of a decision as it is, you're going to make the best call that you can make and you can't question yourself after you make that call. So all that being said, I've got a story for you, of course. Um, and it is one of my favorite patients. One of my favorite patients is a 17-year-old little um, multi-mix creature. <laughs> um, he's adorable. He's um, 17 years old with a heart condition. I won't say his name because he is one of my active clients right now. And I've been working on this kiddo for the last, I think, three years, three and a half years. Um, when I diagnosed him with a heart condition three and a half years ago. Um, he's been on heart medication. He's been on, you know, a number of high blood pressure medicine. You know, he's um, been through the ringer, bless him. But he's the sweetest little bug. And I see him and his mom probably every three to six months. Um, at least every six months, sometimes a little more frequent than that, depending on what's going on. But um, we've been monitoring this kid's quality of life ever since we made that diagnosis three and a half years ago. And every time mom brings this kid in, she looks at me and she says, is it time yet? And I look at her and I say, well, what is he doing at home? Like, what's going on? Because the kiddo that I see in the exam room is still running around and hopping on my lap and snuggling me and being the same sweet kiddo that I've always known. So to me, he doesn't look any different. To me, he looks perfectly normal. So we sit down and we have the discussion. Um, and, you know, she says, okay, well, it's not time yet. So we'll keep watching him. And no joke, we've been doing this since this kid was 14. This kid's 17 now. Um, and he's still going strong. He's, I just saw him a couple of weeks ago. Um, and same deal, you know, he's sitting on my lap snuggling and we're having the quality of life conversation again, just making sure we're not missing anything, making sure, you know, he's still himself and, you know, but he is, and, and he's been doing so well on medications for so long. And both her and I know that this is not going to work forever. And, She's well aware that, you know, things could change on, you know, pretty quickly. Things could, you know, decompensate for him pretty quickly. And um, 
you know, we don't know how much longer she's got, but good grief, that kid's going to make it to 18. (laughs) I know it. Um, His birthday's in February, so we're just, you know, knock on wood, we're crossing our fingers. Um, But I, I can't believe he's done so well for so long. And my concern is always, okay, well, what's going on at home? Well, how, you know, is his quality still there? Well, yeah, you know, he's doing this, that, and the other. You know, I still have my list at home. You know, he's only not doing this because he's on this medication and he doesn't like it anymore. Well, that's fine. You know, if he's still doing the other nine things and he's still himself, then he still has that quality of life. And I think that's the important thing to know is, you know, so long as you're monitoring it and you have in the back of your mind that you're going to be ready when it's time, then that's okay. It's okay to let it go. It's okay to continue so long as they're still themselves. The second that they are no longer themselves and they are in pain or, you know, you're seeing signs that it's time and you're ignoring it, that's different. That's not honoring their quality of life anymore. And the difference is, is you're honoring them by monitoring what's going on in their life and and paying attention to those little signs that tell you yes it's time or no it's not time yet and it's it's super valuable to partner with your veterinarian and super valuable to get a second opinion you know from them if you're struggling with is it time or is it not but at the end of the day your veterinarian can't make that call for you you have to be the one to make that call And I'm happy to offer a second opinion, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, because it is a very difficult decision to make. And that is not lost on any of us. So um, I wanted to make sure we had this discussion because I think it can be super helpful to have um, something a little more concrete, like writing things down rather than trying to judge based on your emotions, because that doesn't always um, go as smoothly as we'd hope that it does. So hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully this brings a little more guidance and, and light um, to you know a really dark time. And, and I hope that this helps some of you guys. So um, yeah, that's all I have for you today. I just wanted to go over the quality of life talk and, and give you a story. So um, hopefully this was helpful. Have a great day and happy Friday. Bye. Y'all, thank you so much for listening in. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Uh, If you found it helpful, send it to somebody who you think it would help too. Um, You can like, comment, share this pod on Insta. It's your best pet pod. Um, And if you love this podcast, five stars only, please, at the bottom. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. It helps the pod grow and reach more people. Until next time, hope you're living life with your best pet. We'll see you next week.